Hello, Wildish Wise Women. The latest episode of the podcast is here, and we've got the inspiring Michelle Crawford sharing her story of how she lived for 55 years as a man and transitioned into this life she is leading as a woman in the world, and how yoga and her spiritual practice played a huge part in this. She's getting ready to launch her speaking career. After years of working as an engineer, she can't wait to share this story with the world. So please listen to it here on the podcast. And then if you have any ideas about where she could share her unique story in the world, don't hesitate to reach out. She's very open to that. Also, I'm still recruiting patrons for the new Wildish Wise Women Patreon. It's a site where you can support the podcast if you've been listening. Also, in addition to the podcast, there'll be monthly women's circles and educational components. So check it out at Patreon slash Wildish Wise Women. Our first new moon circle will take place via Zoom on August 30th. If you can't attend live, there'll be a recording for you to watch later. I'd love to have you join that community, but I'm equally grateful to have you here as a listener. So please enjoy this new episode of the podcast. Thanks. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Michelle Crawford. Michelle is an engineer in Silicon Valley by day and a yoga instructor and inspirational speaker by night. For 55 years, she lived her life as a white privileged male and then six years ago was awakened to a magical journey of divine feminine transition. She now seeks to educate and inspire others by telling her unique story. So today, Michelle is going to talk to us about awakening to your inner truth. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Jessalyn. So excited to have you. So before we launch into this topic, um, which we'll just kind of see where it takes us, but really we're going to get a chance to hear your story as, as you've experienced it. We'll just take a moment to connect. So if anyone listening and the two of us will just sit up nice and tall and take a few breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth or nose. May each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. May each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. Michelle, what's your favorite thing about being a woman? Oh, my favorite thing about being, you know, um, well, there's certainly a lot more options and creativity involved in clothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, I think what I really like most about it is, um, is connecting with other women, you know, in a deep, meaningful, spiritual way. Um, you know, that, that I certainly never did as, as a man, um, mainly because I wasn't awakened. Mm -hmm. Um, but in general, I don't think that's something that 
the vast majority of men are, are capable of doing. Um, in fact, I've had a close friend of mine tell me, you know, that um, she believes the reason I transitioned was that so I could um, awaken the um, the goddess within mm. me, that that was really the universe's purpose. Um mm. And that, um, you know, and she saw the whole thing. And, 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 and while, it, you know, it was, there was sadness on, on her part because, um, you know, she lost that male person. There's been a joy in, um, in watching, watching me um, grow spiritually and, um, mm. and, and my happiness. So yeah. anyway. What a nice thing for her to say, even even in the sadness, there was this understanding of, of maybe why it was happening for you. Yeah, I mean, it um, definitely made me cry. So Yeah. Good, and that's another tears. thing, cool thing about being a woman. It's way easier to cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, a woman to that, because I cry once a day, I think, <laughs> at least. <laughs> um, well, I want to hear your story. I mean, really, I think that's where we're going to start. Um, whatever you'd like to share about how this all happened, whatever feels true for you right now, I would love to just hear the, the version that, that wants to come forth for our listeners. Yeah. So I, um, so I had no idea that I was trans growing up, mm -hmm. um, at all. I mean, I was totally clueless. Um, I think I knew when I was a little child and, um, and my mom in particular, um, convinced me that I really was a boy. Mm -hmm. Um, and she passed away before I transitioned. So I never was able to ask her that, um, in this life. Mm -hmm. Um, I have asked her that, you know, for her spirit. Yeah. And, um, and she said, you know, cause I was mad at her actually. I, there was, you know, there was a bit of anger if I had known and had transitioned, you know, as a younger person, you know, things would be different or whatever. And, and she mm -hmm. said, well, you know, that was our agreement when you were born mm. that I was to convince you that you were a boy. How interesting. And raise you as a boy mm. so that you would be socialized as a man. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that's um, I think that's one of the big things within me that um, you know that's different from a lot of other trans people that I met. You know, I am I'm very strong. Um, you know, I'm not intimidated by anything or anybody. And so I guess I got to credit my mom with that. Mm. It uh, almost sounds like she she's explained that as the sole contract. You came in. Was. Yeah. Exactly. And then when she was exactly. gone, you were able to to, to break that or, or to move or, on or from validate that. validate it, I guess. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Stand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then my... My dad was really the one that started me on the journey. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm an engineer. I was trained in engineering, and, and I, you know, it was a great, I'll say a great refuge for me mm -hmm. because I had this secret. And um, 
and 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 not not only a secret from other people but a secret from myself and so i could i could i truly embraced the perfectly logical you know emotionless um uh persona that you think of when you think of an engineer and mm-hmm. and i was the epitome of that um and so i was i was up canoeing in canada with my son on a 10-day trek and five days in i woke up in the middle of the night and knew my dad had passed away i mean i just knew it mm-hmm. and there was no doubt and um i had to wait five days to find out and sure enough and um, and as this logical um, engineer, how do you explain the fact that you knew your dad passed away? Right? right, right. You know, I tell my fellow engineers, you know, I must have fallen asleep that day in uh, electromagnetics class. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I missed I missed that day. <laughs> so. So it really, it really shook me up, you know. Was that and the so first I, time that intuition or, or spirit had come in that that strongly? First... Yeah, but there'd been other times, but I was able to write those off mm-hmm. as coincidence. Sure. Right. As 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 any good engineer would. <laughs> as any good engineer would, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. This was impossible to write off as coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just started doubting, okay, mm. if I don't, what else in my life, you know, isn't what I believe it to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's when I just started, you know, thinking. And then, then the next thing I knew I was, um, cross-dressing, um, which basically ended my marriage um, and, and then right. And, and to deal with the, um, stress of the divorce, I started taking yoga Mm. and, um, and again, that was no coincidence either because I, um, so I found a community, um, this was in Dallas, um, a community that was so open and so beautiful, um, that I just got drawn in. And mm-hmm. the next thing I knew I was in teacher training. It's um, funny how that and, happens. <laughs> man, yeah. How does that happen? Right. <laughs> and it's a, um, you know, it's a, it's a Baptiste, uh, affiliate studio. So mm-hmm. we were trained, you know, under, under Baptiste, which is extremely transformative. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I took that yoga teacher training not to be a teacher. That was never my intention. Um, it was really to figure out whether I was a boy or a girl, because at that point in time, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I was living in between. And so with with all the tools now of yoga and meditation, um, being able to sit comfortably in the uncomfortable um searching of the soul mm-hmm. you know and um it didn't take long before i it hit me that i was i was trans um and it happened in an instant i mean it just was a flash um 
and at that point I had, you know, I had a decision to make. Um, I could, um, I could stay in the closet and live the rest of my life just like I am, Mm -hmm. or I could push through this and see where it goes. And, and, um, and of course, you know, having gone through all this yoga and, and all the personal work that I'd already done, I mean, I, there really wasn't an option. Um, but it was extremely scary, extremely scary. Um, cause I had read some books and it's not uncommon. In fact, it's probably, I don't know what the percentages are, but, um, but the oppression and, um, against trans people is extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know the statistics, but um, to me, the most alarming ones are that, you know, 40% of trans people in America across the board have attempted suicide. Yeah. Right. And then if if you're a person of color, that percentage, you know, goes up to near 60%, you know, and and, and if you're a, um, especially if you're a African-American trans woman, you know, your life expectancy is somewhere between 32 and 35 years. Wow. Yeah, I, I knew that there were very high rates of, of depression and, and suicide attempts and probably a lot of suicide completions as well. I didn't have them off the top of my head, though. So um, I think it's important for people to know those things. Yeah, it is. It's very important. And that's part of the message I want to get out is, you know, that that's it. And and by the way, you know, that 40% number, those are the number of attempts right. that where people have lived. So the actual percentage is higher because the ones that were successful don't get to report. Right. And, and that's assuming that the people that have attempted um, are sharing. Honestly, you know, there's probably yeah. even more that just don't share because of yeah, the well, stigma. Yeah, or... I'm sure there's a lot in the closet that don't, that aren't right. even willing to answer a, um, a survey or... Sure. or Sure. Or can even know where to go to take the survey. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, the, the percentage of people that lose their jobs, the um, that lose their family. Um, yeah. I mean, it was just daunting. It was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, um, and, and so I just said, okay, but I got to. I got to go ahead. I got to go ahead. And so Mm -hmm. I decided to just, you know, practice yoga, you know, one moment, one day, you know, one um, face, one thing at a time Mm -hmm. and 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 see where it goes. And so the first thing I did is I contacted my ex and um, met for lunch and she said, "Okay, what's up? You know, and I said, um, I'm trans. And she goes, oh, uh, okay. I wasn't surprised. Anyway, and I said, but, and I need your support. I need to tell the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my first test, if you will. Mm. Okay, this could go bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't. She said, I'll support you. And I, and I, I go, oh. And then, and so I just, you know, then started telling my family and then anyway, and then my last, um, so I was at a, uh, week long yoga event, boot camp, whatever you want to call it with, with Baron Baptiste. Mm-hmm. 
And um, and on the last day, he said, Michelle, you need to come out at work. Because I was living as Michelle outside of work. And it had gotten to the point that I was cross-dressing going back to work as my old self. Mm-hmm. That's really what it You know, Monday morning, it was just like, oh, my God, I have to. And and he said, you got to come out of work. And I go, oh, you know. So, I, you know, I work for a a defense company. It's the most conservative part. I, you know, it's Dallas. And I yeah. Don't, really, Baron? I don't, <laughs> don't want to. Sure. <laughs> sure, this is part of the path. <laughs> oh, no. And so I committed to it. And, and when I came out, everyone was just so, so supportive. Wow. Uh, you know, I'd been working there for 20 plus years. So, you know, a lot of people had actually known me that entire time. So, um, so it's different when you know the person mm-hmm. than when you see a stranger that's trans. And so even the most devout Baptist, you know, mission people, um, you know, that I worked with and had, you know, um, they were just incredibly supportive you know Mm. you know they said I don't understand it you know that's not for me but you know if it makes you happy then I'm happy and um, I think that's a good point to make um, just to reiterate what you're saying is that you had the support of people who knew and loved you and had created a little you know work family over so many years but those same people uh, doesn't mean that they are doing the good work of being you know, working on their transphobia and things out in the world, because would it be somebody else, they might have a very different reaction. Yeah, but I, and as time has gone, as time has gone on, you you would think, okay, well, what's this very spiritual yogi trans woman doing working in a defense company? (laughs) And, um, and it's a good question to ask. Mm. Um, and I'm still committed to it. Yeah. I believe in what I do. I believe, you know, in keeping us safe. And, you know, I wouldn't say. Um, but another motivation for me to stay is that I could educate from the inside. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. So people got to know this trans woman, mm-hmm. um, you know, who's a technical leader in the company and, um, you know, is highly respected and... Um, and and to see and 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 know that you know being being a transgender person is is not evil it's you know and um so yeah i call it you know um teaching from the inside and and i have changed i have changed i know that i've changed a lot of lives mm. for for people that because of where they work and what they do they would never otherwise have even met a trans person unless it was someone in their family right? mm-hmm. um and so i know i know that i've changed a lot of a lot of of lives that way and um and so i'm just blessed you know i'm blessed and and that's how i've you know learned my calling is you know um is to go out into the world and um, change people's perspectives because who else can do it? You yeah. know, 
when you're so depressed, um, you know, it, that you're on the verge of committing suicide. Um, you know, I teach yoga. In fact, I'm teaching tonight. I go up to San Francisco and teach in the jail um, mm. every other Friday, Transgender, the transgender population. How wonderful. And the first time I did that, I was just blown away that, um, okay, most, the vast majority of these women are homeless or on the verge of homelessness. Um, you know, they are living that they're tr they're struggling to survive every single day. Mm. And 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 I haven't heard a lot of I've you know I get snippets. I don't I, you know I don't ask for people's stories, but you know several have said, you know, I have to sell my body to eat. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of them you know, are in San Francisco because their families rejected them. I mean, a lot of them, you know, said, you know, yeah, no one's going to see me over the holidays, you know. Um, and so that's the other side is for a lot of trans people, either you commit suicide or you run away from home. And, you know, and as a young teen or whatever, running away from home, you just end up being homeless on the street. Yeah, pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, because there really aren't any options. Even in right. a city like San Francisco, yeah, uh, you know, there's, 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 there is bias against trans people even in San Francisco. It, um, it's just so pervasive in our society. And anyway, so that's my calling to um, to change change that. You know, one right. one person at a time. Two people, maybe on a podcast like this, maybe, <laughs> maybe a thousand. Who knows, right? Yeah. And then you, you talked about that beautiful um, kind of soul conversation you had with your mom. Did you ever get a chance to check in with your dad about why he was the catalyst for this journey to begin? I never really asked him that question in particular. Mm -hmm. Um. But I certainly have connected with him. In fact, he was way easier to connect with than my mom mm. because of me and, and the kind of the anger I had at my mom. Yeah. Um, so my dad has been extremely supportive, you know, spiritually. Um, uh, I remember taking a an intensive with Sean, and she has a one of her practices um, – it's incredibly challenging, you know, intentionally, right? To just ring, to stir ring stuff up. Out. Yeah, I've been oh, in those classes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's this one pose. Uh, I don't know what to call it. Um, but you grab, you put your shoulder down under your knee and mm -hmm. grab your ankles with both hands. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard people say, "Oh, that's the F you Sean pose." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've done that pose. <laughs> and you know, she holds you there for probably a, oh, forever. A couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's forever. And mm -hmm. at first you go it's easy, right? And then it gets extremely hard. Mm -hmm. You know, and then um and then that particular morning I was connecting with my dad and mm. uh and he said, "Okay, I got you. I'm I'm going to hold you up." And um and it was, "Oh, okay." And mm. so I was I was able to you know, without 
without actually swearing at Sean, able to stick through that pose. <laughs> um, uh. And so, yeah, so he's been, um, he's been very supportive, very supportive. And so, um, you know, I wish I, w- you know, I wish I had been able to transition and, and, um, and see how my parents would have reacted in their, you know, in their human form, mm-hmm. um, probably would have been a little bit different than their spiritual. Um, there would have been anxiety, you know, fear yeah. for my safety, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, I find connecting with other spirits is often a lot softer than what might happen in in their human forms, as you as you say. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's been my experience too. It's like, oh, yeah. well, this is nice and soft and ego free, uh-huh. I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. e- basically ego free. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've already really started to speak to this, Michelle, but I'd just be curious for you to explore a little bit more all the roles that yoga has played in, in your transition and in your deciding. Um, to live as a woman and to to realize that you were trans, if you have a little more to say about that. Yeah, it's been, I guess, the first way was, um, again, I took yoga teacher training with, um, you know, 11 other people. And I had, I had told the um, studio owner, you know, beforehand, you know, I was actually on hormones at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had already I had already started my transition without admitting. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I told her I was nervous about, you know, what might come out. You know, that I know these people; they're my friends. And and she said, you know, this community um, and what we do, you you couldn't be in a safer place. So. So eventually, it, you know, it came out, right, that I had this feminine side and um, and everyone was, was just, well, I mean, it's just yogic love. And, mm. you know, and you get so connected to everyone in, in your in your teacher training class. Yeah. Um, you know, they just made it OK. Right. Mm. They made it OK. And um, so that was that was it. And then. You know, and then the tools that we learned in teacher training that um, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm not taking any other programs. So mm-hmm. so I, I can't compare. But um, but Baptiste teaches you some very powerful lessons. Um, and at the end of teacher training, what what um, the big awakening for me, I had um, we were reading um, Miguel Ruiz's um, Four Agreements, and there was an audio of him explaining his realization, um, you know, because he is a medical doctor, and, you know, he went through the full, you know, Western science Mm -hmm. um, medicine training, and was, he realized at some point that this was all a lie. He'd been living a lie his entire life. Mm. And as I heard those words, it was like, oh, my God, I've been living a lie my whole life. Um, I'm not this logical, 
emotionless zombie that I um, want to be, right? That that was that was a protective mask that I had developed over time to protect my heart, my soul. Yeah, and it was adaptive because you found a place where that was just kind of the norm, acceptable in the engineering community. Yeah. So it wasn't even questioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that whole mass just shattered. It just fell on the floor and I, and in a puddle of tears. Wow. Um, and so that kind of set the stage then. Um, but then, the, you know, the other tool was meditation. Mm-hmm. And that has completely changed everything for me. So I was um, just starting a, 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 a regular meditation practice. I, I meditate for 30 minutes every morning. And sometimes it's there's so much stuff running around in your head, it's not really meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you get in the groove. Yeah. And it's... And it's deep. It's deep connection. And um, right. And one morning, I so I was just starting to play with connecting with spirits. So I just kind of connected with my guardian angel. And it just felt good. I just invited her in my body, and it just felt good. We never, I never got any real knowledge or insight from her, but I could feel her, mm-hmm. feel her presence. And so not long after that, I was, okay, let's open up, see who, who's what's going to happen. And then this, just this omnipotent energy came in, and it scared me. I thought, oh, my God, this is the devil. He's going to take me away. And And he said three words. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. And I knew kind of what that was, um, that I, I needed to just set my intentions and listen to my inner, well, listen to my soul. Yeah. You know, just listen to your soul and, and follow where it leads and trust that it is in your best interest. And that's a hard lesson to learn. I feel like that's a lifetime lesson. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, and I had I was was actually starting to see a spiritual coach at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and in uh, my next visit, I said, um, "Okay, what just happened?" <laughs> and she said, "Oh, that's Archangel Michael. Um, he's like that." <laughs> <laughs> He just comes in and tells you what you need to know, and then he's gone. And that's exactly what happened. And and, um, and so that began my relationship with Archangel Michael. And um, and it's been flourishing um, ever since that that morning. Um, so that's another part part of the yoga. And then, kind of related to that, but different. I I. I certainly didn't know notice it um, before, and 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 I guess I'd be curious to 
to know what other people on a, on a spiritual path, whether they experience things the same way I do. I will go through periods. In fact, I'm there's one ongoing now. I just there's just a knowing that there's an awakening, and it's kind of a, a little bit of an anxiety. Mm. And you know, you know, there's something up. You know, there's some something that's going to be revealed. Um, but you have to be patient. You just have to be in it. And that's what my yoga taught me is not to run away from that. I mean, it, it, it's uncomfortable a bit. Um, and so you just have to, you just have to sit and marinate, you know, in that fear, mm. be comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, and that's yoga, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, to sit and marinate in it. I like that. Like, really just let it be here. Yeah. Wash and over it, you. Then it will reveal itself. Mm-hmm. It will reveal itself. Whatever you need to know, whether it's a release of trauma, um, whatever. And And so that's the other extremely important lesson I learned in yoga was to be okay being uncomfortable. Yeah, be okay not being okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. being okay not knowing what's going to happen, right? Right, yeah. Uh, and sometimes we don't ever get the whole, full, you know, the full story. It might no transition it, and, the, and the blossom might happen and the thing might awaken in us and we might never really fully know what it was or what it did to us. It just or, sort or, of or it's, shifts. Or it's sealed in, in layers. Mm, yes, Hmm. And and um, yeah, I mean the universe just has a you know a funny way of <laughs> of interacting with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has a sense of humor for sure. Sometimes not so funny to us. <laughs> yeah, at the time, <laughs> right? But yeah. but when the awakening happens, when you know when when that when that breakthrough occurs, mm-hmm. it's like oh my god, yeah. oh my god. That's where the joy comes in. And, and that's where oh. the joy comes in, right? Where you walk, mm-hmm. okay, you know, I walked through it. Yeah. I got to the other side and it was amazing. Mm, yeah. So we've already touched on this, but I would like to make sure to be pretty deliberate about going in this direction because I know this is part of your sharing and part of your path. So you you called it in your bio. You were living life as a white, privileged male. And uh, for all intents and purposes, you got knocked down a peg, but you're still a white woman in the world. Mm-hmm. And there's still a lot of privilege that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, my question, I guess, is twofold. Uh, if you'll talk a little bit about what that's been like to, to, to live life as a white woman and how that might have been different than, than a white man, those levels of privilege which do change um, with gender. Uh, and then what's the work that has to be done in the world to, to show up for the other marginalized communities of trans folks that don't have um, such opportunities as, as yourself? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm like really privileged, right? You know, I have this career. Um, I have the yoga community. I have a family that fully supports me, you know, so financially I'm secure, um, and that's so unlike 99% of the trans people I know. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's, you know, that's just privilege stack on privilege stack on privilege. And so I am, I am completely aware of that. And, um, but, but yeah, so let me, let me go in. When I first started living full time, or, or even before that, as I was cross-dressing, and actually when you're cross-dressing, you're probably even more vulnerable because because you're not very good at being a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's easy to to pick you out as um you know, as as someone whatever, I'll say masquerading as a woman. Um and so the the very so yeah, so let, I'll, I'll let me I'll go back and talk about a couple things. So as soon as I got on hormones, there were two things that hit almost immediately. Within the first week, I was able to look people directly in the eye when I talked to them, which means I wasn't before, right? Mm-hmm. And the second thing that happened, it would just seem natural to touch people. You know, just just a friendly touch on the shoulder or whatever. Um, and obviously that wasn't normal for me before. And so that was just within a week of changing, you know, of, of hormone. You know, basically dropping the testosterone in my in my blood. Mm-hmm. And that was like, holy moly. Um, that's kind of profound. And then... Um, and then I had to stop taking hormones for a couple of months. Um, and then once that testosterone came back, it was like, oh, my God, this is disgusting. This is truly disgusting. You know, the thoughts that were going through my mind, um, I said, oh, oh, my God, I can't I can't do this anymore. Um it, it just made me realize how powerful of a hormone testosterone is. And, um, and that, and that, that is not an excuse for men to act the way they do. So that, so that was the other thing that, um, that I became aware of pretty quickly was that, um, you know, is that men, um, feel they, they, they can touch you and grab you and, it was just totally demeaning. Um, and for a while after my transition, I hated men. I literally hated men. You know, my thought at the time was, let's just do away with them because we don't need them. Um, and I've softened on that some. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Just certain men, no. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but but the violence and the um, and you feel it, right? You feel the the leering eyes. You feel the the comments. You you know you get a hand on your ass. You get a hand on your breast. Mm-hmm. And 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 it just that was that was I did not I was not aware of that. You know, as a as a man. Usually when I describe myself, I will say I was a privileged, white, clueless male. <laughs> because I was. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't, I'd like to think I didn't do those things. I don't think I did. Um, 
and, and it's and it's not okay. It is not okay. And um, yeah, when I first transitioned, it was anger, real anger at at men in general. And um, and so that's one thing that Archangel Michael has told me. I, you know, one one of the things we need you to do is to go um, go talk to men. Mm. You know, help them awaken, help them become aware. Because because you know, just like you were clueless, they're clueless, and and. Perhaps by telling your story, they will, they will also start becoming aware. Yeah. Um, and it strikes me because to me, anger is an emotion of action and causes us to want to, to do something about that anger. And so I, I just wonder um, if that was just part of your, your fully stepping into the feminine was to be really pissed off at the masculine for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I became aware of the patriarchy mm. and the full impact that it's had for what mm-hmm. centuries. Yeah, you know. Long, yeah, as long as no, well, I mean, thousands, thousands yeah. of years, right? Thousands of years, and um, and it's also time for that to go. Yeah. It's time for the patriarchy to go. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I'd also like to share one other thing. And, and I touched on it, but let me. So when I came out at work, my big fear at work um, was that as a blonde woman in the room, with a bunch of male engineers, and I'm one of the top engineers, you know, in my company. So I'm I'm in meetings all the time, and I'm the only woman. Um, whether they would take me seriously, mm-hmm. and based upon what I had read from other trans women, is that well, the answer is no. You will not be treated with respect, you know, and. Um, And I have to admit that that hasn't been true, um, that I am, I am treated with respect, sometimes, in, you know, even with more respect, because they, you know, they look at me and go, oh, you know, you really had courage to do what you did. Mm-hmm. But there's something, there's something about me, and, and I think is mainly because I was raised as a male, um, I was socialized as a male. Subconsciously, I don't um, I don't consider myself less than any person in the room. Mm-hmm. That that energy just comes off. Yeah, and I don't back down, and and it's not something that that I have to. It's not something I do consciously, right? Right. So, um, so the fact that just because I'm, I'm a woman does not mean that you're not treated with respect Mm. that, that, um, 
you know, sometimes I sense, you know, that people maybe don't take me seriously. Um, and, and then as soon as I start talking, you know, they kind of wake up and, and they say, oh my gosh, this person, this person actually knows more than I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to pay attention and, and I can see, I can see it shift. Yeah. And it's so interesting um, you sharing this because I'm flashing back on all of the podcast interviews over the past couple of years and um, a constant theme for all the women that show up is not feeling worthy, not feeling like enough, not feeling like they deserve X, Y, Z in life. And um, we, we say time and time again that this is socialized into us as women and and you're just just confirming it on another layer, another level, another experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I don't know whether this is true. Well, I, I mean, it's it's true if you make it true. But you know, I would I tell people, you know, I'm an experiment. Um, I'm I'm an example of what a woman can be without the patriarchy. Hmm. Wow. And I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I know that the second part of my question was just about um, what work needs to be done in the community. And, I, and I'd still like to be able to touch on that because I know you want to share your story and educate people. But um, just not from your perspective, but from all of us. I mean, what needs to be done to address what's going on with the trans community um, beyond education? Um, you know, and I. I'll be I'll be honest. I I stole this from Sean, but it's extremely powerful, especially for me. Yeah. Um. When I give talks, one of the first things I do is I ask a question. Mm-hmm. Are you transphobic? Mm. Are you homophobic? Mm-hmm. Are you a misogynist, a racist? You know, and I look for hands that come up. Right. And generally, there aren't, there isn't a single hand. Right. Who's going to own up to that? Who's going to own up to that? Yeah. And, and then I just follow up and said, well, you know, you're all liars. <laughs> Every one of you are lying. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's what I want you to understand. Yeah. Because I'm transphobic. I will admit that. Mm-hmm. It's so ingrained in our culture, so ingrained from our ancestors, so ingrained in the media, so ingrained ev- from teachers everywhere you look. Yeah. It's not your fault that you're transphobic. It is not your fault. Don't feel guilty. But now that you're aware of it, now you have a responsibility to actually become aware of it. Right. And that, so when you now go through your day, be aware that your thoughts, your actions, your words, this bias, this fear actually will come through. Maybe in subtle ways. Mm-hmm. Maybe in not subtle ways, depending upon you know, how you feel about it. But become aware of it. Please, please become aware of it. 
because that is the only way we're going to make the change. In order to end the oppression against anyone that's not a white male, mm-hmm. you have to be, become aware of it. Yeah. And it's the collective that creates the oppression. And so the collective has to come awake to the healing, yeah. to the, the change. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, our leadership just reflects. They're just a mirror mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. And that, you know, just one one bit at a time. Just, yeah. Um, and, and, and circling back to the yoga, because I'm just thinking, you know, the the idea that we are racist and transphobic and homophobic and all of these things that are ingrained in us that that I've I've taken off the mat into the world with Sean Corn, so I know that we go into that a lot in that in that training and and but the the embracing of that the understanding of it is an uncomfortable feeling is you know feels icky because none of us wants to own up to those things and so just returning to your um, your talk about the power of yoga is sitting with that discomfort. And that's what this is. Here it is again. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But you don't have to be a yogi to understand that. Absolutely. It's just right? the tools from yoga that are showing right. up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so all I ask of people is that, you know, this is a shadow. Mm-hmm. This is a shadow that we all have. And just to start shining a light on it, and then it will start, you know, you can't address it if it's not visible. Right. And that's, and, and I will say, you know, that is the gift of Donald Trump. <laughs> He's certainly shining a light on it. <laughs> you know, that's actually, it's, no, it it's, is. It's, it's his true. gift. It's his gift to us. You it know? is true. Yeah. As hard as it is to embrace on some days, you are a hundred percent right. And, um, that, that's yeah. what we're getting. Because it's not that it wasn't happening. It's now that we're blatantly seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's actually doing us a favor. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I'm no, not I'm, sure I'm, I'm with like you. run up and give him a hug and a kiss and say thank you, but... Yeah, not quite. <laughs> not quite. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know, what helps me is to know that within him is a very scared, very insecure, sad little boy. Yeah. And that, yeah. that will help me on some days, just knowing that, that his behavior reflects what he's taught the same way that the leadership is reflecting just, what we're doing. He's just trying to survive like all of us with the trauma that's, that's inside of us, right? Yep. We're all just doing the best we can. Yeah. Um. And so that, yeah, so that's, that's really the message I want to take to people is that um, it, in, in fact, I, you know, I, I generally put it in their face, you know, all of these suicides mm-hmm. are your fault. You know, their death is on you. Take it, please take it that personally. Yeah. You know, it's your, it's your responsibility and just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Just notice. Just notice the thoughts that come up when when these subjects are 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 in play. Um, 
and you'll see you'll you'll see very quickly that indeed you are transphobic you are mm-hmm. you are you know phobic <laughs> yeah whatever you want to put in front of it asterisk-phobic. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well i know that you've already been doing this work of sharing your story it sounds like that's continuing to evolve for you and if someone is listening right now who is concerned or fearful of taking the next step into stepping into whatever their truth is is there anything that you would say to them um, to encourage their path yeah i think i would say you know what's holding you back from being the very best you is fear Mm-hmm. And the fear is, I will almost guarantee, is ill-founded. And you have to, at some point, you, your your soul is telling you something. Your ego, which wants to protect you, Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, your ego's not evil, right? No, I mean, it, it serves a, role. a very useful yeah, purpose. Yeah, definitely. But the fear that's associated with what your soul is yearning for um, is probably just a fear. Mm-hmm. It is not real. It's imagined. And it's imagined based upon, you know, all of the aspects of your life. But it's 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 not real, and so you have to you have to walk into it. You have to walk into the fear, mm-hmm. and and use all the tools. Um, what you know, if you're a religious person, if you're yogi if you're whatever you know in essence they're all teaching the same thing you know listen to your soul because it is wise beyond measure that's why you're here Mm. and don't be afraid to walk into the fear in fact walk into the fear that is your transformation that is the path to transformation. Yeah. The fire. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and you will, you know, you'll find out that when you get to the other side and, and, and all of the bliss and joy that comes from that, you'll look back and you go, well, that was stupid. Why was, why was that fear so strong for me? Mm. And you'll just, you know, you'll dismiss it, and that, and that part of you will heal, and that part of you will awaken. Until the next challenge. Until the next challenge, <laughs> and then you walk into that. Yeah, yeah, it's right. Some I sort mean, of cycle. It's not like if your fear is walking in front of a bus. Mm. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, no bodily harm here, but yeah, a lot of times yeah. the fear feels like it will result in that kind of harm, and and you're saying yeah. that's kind of the lie. That's the that is yeah, that's yeah. the lie. Mm-hmm. You know, well, um, we all one of the things we're taught in uh, in Baptiste is 
to go in and find your lie, your big lie, mm. your big lie. Yeah. You know, for me, for me, it was I'm I'm alone and I'm not worthy. Mm. And and by walking into that and embracing it and healing, um, you know, amazing things have happened. And and it and that fear never goes away. I don't think. But it, it, it shows up in different ways. It's more just seeing it and being aware of it. Yeah, yeah. Just know when it might rear its ugly head and be prepared. Yeah, and then just and then just walk into it. You know, yeah. I've gotten to the point where, you know, it's almost like, mm, you know, when I see a fear, when I feel a fear, I don't see you don't see it. When I feel a fear, that's where I go. Yeah, I'm drawn to the fear. It's um, you know, it's showing um, you the path essentially. It is showing you the path. Yeah, it's showing you the path. Where to go next? Wherever feels scary. Yeah. <laughs> and check. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a there's a saying on Lululemon bags. You know, do something every day that scares you. Yeah. Well, thanks, Michelle, so much for for really everything, for sharing here, for doing the courageous thing of stepping into your truth and for being open about your process to folks. Um, I'm really grateful for our community here on the podcast, for the yoga community, for all the people that you serve and all the people that um, you're yet to encounter. Yeah. Uh, an exciting time ahead of you, uh, expanding your your offerings. Do you want to just say a little bit about um, what the next step for you is? Well, I'm I'm getting ready to retire, mm -hmm. so I'm getting ready to give up the engineering life, and and dedicate myself um, to making changes. And so, part of that is is um, public speaking, and so I'm I'm trying to figure out my path forward on that. Um, I've done a, a little bit of that, um, not a lot, um, but I'm I'm waiting for the universe to show me the way, and um, and maybe that was part of this. Maybe someone listening, you know, wants to, um, you know, wants to bring me in to speak to some group. Um, I'm totally open to that. That's awesome. Yeah, you never know where the connections happen, and I. I thought it was nice when I reached out. You said, oh, I'm just getting ready to, to retire and, and do this more full time. And I'm like, oh, well, perfect timing. Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> I love how that works out. Thanks, yeah. universe, for yeah. arranging that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I usually just wrap up with a couple kind of fun questions. And the first one is, what's your favorite yoga pose? Oh, my favorite yoga pose. Um, you know, I think it's wheel. Nice heart opener. Yeah, heart opener. Yeah, yeah. And then, Michelle, what's a book that changed your life? Um, the Four Agreements, you know, as I mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah, I'll that one. That's, that's a great one. Have you read The Fifth Agreement yet? I have yes, not. I have. Okay, yeah. how's that one? Is it good also? Um, it's not as impactful because it's not in your face i mean you're kind uh, of used to his way of of thinking yeah the form so, agreements kind of punches you the first time you read it you're like whoa wait yeah, a minute <laughs> yeah 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 that's so yeah, i'm um, glad it played such a role and you said that you read it as part of your teacher training 
Yes. Yes. Wow, wonderful. And then, uh, Michelle, who inspires you? Um, my yoga teachers, I would say Sean inspires me. The first time I met Sean, the very first time, mm-hmm. I was still in between. Yeah. But Sean, Sean saw it. Mm. And, um, in fact, it was, it was at a yoga journal conference and I just was talking to her after class and, um, and we ended up talking for like 30, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going, you know, and this amazing yoga teacher is interested in me. And she said, you know, you need to teach yoga to trans youth. Hmm. And I'm going, what? (laughs) I don't even know who I am anyway. (laughs) She saw the path before you did. (laughs) She did, you know, and that, you know, that seed was planted and, um, and so, yeah, I, I think, you know, Sean and, and, and off the mat is, is really what has inspired me to, Mm -hmm. um, really go off and, um, answer this calling. Yeah. Well, the community's lucky that you have stepped onto the path and that you have the resources. You know, when you were talking, it's almost like, um, who are you not to live your truth when you have so much to share? That's what I was thinking as you were talking earlier. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's mm-hmm. one of Sean's things. You know, how dare we not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I would go that far. How dare, how dare me not step up? Do what you can because you do have, have the ability, you know? Yeah. And and so so much privilege and resource to to back you up and to support you and hold you as you do this work. Yeah. And I would say, you know, Archangel Michael also <laughs> inspires me. But, thanks Michael. But, thanks Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I always say Sean um, brought God to my yoga mat because I'm not religious at all. But I remember the first time being in a class with her and thinking like, oh, this is church. <laughs> well, yeah, oh. it, is. it is, right? <laughs> Whoa. And it, yeah, you know, and I, and I, you know, in my yoga teaching, you know, I've been, you know, um, I've, I've been able to bring that some of that in. And it's, it's, it's challenging, right? Because mm-hmm. you're really pushing the envelope. And um, but when it just lands, go a little bit further, you know. <laughs> but when it lands, oh my God, it's so powerful with people. Right. Well, I appreciate your time and and your sharing, Michelle. I'm glad to have you joining the ranks of the inspiring women on Wildish Wise Women, and I just can't wait to see uh, what the future holds for you. Oh, well, thank you, Jessalyn. Um, yeah, we'll just one day at a time, right? Yeah. Just see what see what happens, where things go. Sounds like a it. plan. I'll, I'll I'll be looking out. Okay, all <laughs> and right. And if anyone yeah. here has any ideas, <laughs> we're open. So my so my so one of my biggest I'll say one of my biggest fears right now, but yet uh-huh. one of my um, one of my calling is to. Um, is to be speaking before the Southern Baptist Convention. <laughs> Woo! Okay, and so it is. We'll end and on so that note. And so it is. So, yeah, you know, I might have to bring chicken wire, but. Um... <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Michelle, and take care. All right. Bye, Jessalyn. Bye, bye. <laughs>